I don't care about attachment theory. I don't. I don't. Attachment theory is not going to save you. Attachment theory is not going to save you. Learning what a secure person does is not going to save you. I'm telling you, it's a connection with yourself. It is loving and embracing and putting in drive everything that you are. That's what's going, that's the ticket. It's not attachment theory. It's not the, it's not a book. It's not, it's not a lecture. It's not a workshop. What I use attachment theory for, it's a vehicle to facilitate the connection between you and yourself. Ultimately, it's you and God. That's a different conversation. I am Taylor Chandler. I'm a licensed therapist, host of this podcast, Boundaries and Grace, and leader of my practice, Reattach. My mission is to help you shift to secure attachment, uprooting anxiety and avoidance, replacing with clarity and peace. You will shift. Do y'all have your notes? Do you have a pen and paper? We're doing attachment one-on-one today. Attachment one-oh-one. We're doing the fundamentals. Thank you. You're so helping the world. Thank you. That is so kind. We are just off to such a great start. I love it here. Do y'all love it here? I mean, I love it here. I really do. I'm having a great time doing this. Anyway, we're doing attachment one-on-one tonight. We have to get started. In about two minutes, we have to get started. Oh, there's my pen. We have to get started because I have a lot to tell you, and you know we're not just going to go straight through the notes. You know we're going to be, let me fix the collar. You know we're going to be stopping, and there's going to be things going on, and things just come over me, and I I have to tell you. So let's do this. We're going to do attachment 101 tonight. So I want you to know first, like, I have an attachment-style workshop, okay? I have an attachment-style workshop. It's like three, three and a half hours long. This is going to be some of the fundamentals that are in that workshop, but it's not all of the workshop, okay? This is not a workshop. I I want y'all to understand this episode today is like I'm going to be teaching in this episode, okay? I'm teaching. I'm not really answering a whole bunch of questions. I'm not answering questions throughout. Like, I'm teaching, okay? We're going to ground an attachment because this, um, oh, by the way, this is the first episode where um, where we're above 10K. <laughs> Did y'all know that? Did you know? Did you notice? Did you notice? This first episode, we're above 10K. We're actually at 10.5. I'm at 10.5 right now, which is exciting. So, you know, there are a lot of people here that are looking to see what's going on. And I thought, I thought this before that, but um, I thought it would be really good for all of us Okay, for everyone here, no matter how long you've been following the page, no matter how short of a time you've been following the page, just to get grounded in what attachment theory is, what attachment is, and what we're even doing here. Okay, so can we do that today? Can somebody say learn in the chat so I know that y'all on the same page? Can somebody say learn in the chat? Because I'm going to be teaching, but y'all know I'm interactive and I need to know that you're with me. Can somebody put learn in the comments what am I talking about chat? Oh, Zoom. I'm talking Zoom language. Can someone put learn in the comments? If you know that we're about to learn something, do you have a pen and paper with you? Because I have a lot to tell you. Hey, y'all. Welcome in. Thank you, foodie one. Thank you, learn. We are going to learn some things today. I have my water. Learn, 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 learn. We are going to learn today. Because look, sometimes when you pop onto the page, it's just like, you know, 
you, it's a whirlwind. It's a whole lot going on. Okay. So I want us to start, I want us to have a level ground. Basically, I want us to basically have a level ground to jump off on. Okay. Y'all ready to go? So let's do it. This is attachment one-on-one. My goal in this, um, in this time that we're going to spend together about 90 minutes, 60 to 90 minutes. I don't know. Um, is to, it's so that you have a more solid understanding of what attachment is so that you're able to solve problems more rationally than emotionally. Someone put rational in the comments. Okay. I, I know I'm going to be saying a lot, so I'm going to need you to be in the comments for me. Okay. Can you do that? Can someone say rational? I want you to be able to understand these relational problems in a rational way rather than in an emo, emotional way. Somebody put rational. In the comments. That's what we're going to say. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Rational, Shelly. Thank you. Gershon. Gershon, Vanessa. Vanessa, thank you. Rational. Okay. Rather than emotionally. And let's go ahead and make a note here. Emotionally, thank you. Rational. Emotional doesn't mean the anxious expression. A lot of times anxious types get labeled as emotional. But let me tell you something. Avoidant types are quite emotional but they're not expressive. So what I'm telling you applies to everyone on the insecure attachment side, which we're going to talk about the overview of all of the types in a moment. But I want you to be able to solve problems more rationally than emotionally. Emotional does not mean expressive. Emotional does not mean uh, crying. Emotional doesn't equal tears. Okay. Emotional is also shut down. Oh, Emotional is shut down. Emotional is withdrawal. You have to be quite, oh, we already getting started. Oh, somebody, we getting started. Y'all feel it? We getting started. Emotional is also shut down. Emotional is withdrawal. You have to be quite emotional. Hey, y'all, you have to be quite emotional to go to such lengths to avoid. You have to be quite emotional to go such lengths to cling. Okay, so it's everybody. We understand that. Somebody say everybody. Somebody put it in the comment. Because I said we're going to start on level ground. Um, we're going to start on level ground tonight. Somebody say everybody on the insecure side is emotional, but it's expressed differently. Somebody say everybody. It, no, nobody, no type is better or worse than the other. There are degrees of toxicity. There are degrees. Thank you, everybody. There are degrees of dysfunction. Y'all with me so far? So it's not about what your dysfunction is or what your expression is. It's about the degree that it disrupts your life and other people's lives. Are y'all with me so far? We already doing it. We already doing it. I have my notes. Y'all understand that so far? So is somebody tell me that you got it or that you're following. Does anybody have a question? Hey, y'all. Anybody have a question so far? Because we just, we just getting started. Everybody... On the insecure side is um, solving problems emotionally rather than rationally. And the goal of tonight is to help you to understand how you can solve some of these relational problems in a rational manner rather than in an emotional manner. That's what we're doing. You, you feel it. You feel it. Okay, let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And y'all understand that emotional does not necessarily mean expressive. Emotional doesn't equal tears. Emotional also means what? Somebody put it in the comments. Somebody put it in the comments. Emotional also means what? Okay, it's also shut down. That's right. You. There we go. Okay, y'all ready to go. We've got four different attachment styles, y'all. Somebody put four in the comments. Somebody put four, 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 four. We've got four different attachment styles. 
Do you have a pen and paper? Go ahead and divide that paper in half. Okay, put that line right down the middle. And you've got insecure on one side. And you've got secure on the other side. Four, 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 four. We've got four different attachment styles, okay? We've got down the line, okay? Down the middle of the paper, you've got a line. You've got insecure on one side. You've got secure on the other side. We've got three on the insecure side. We've got one on the secure side. So go ahead and on your insecure side, one, two, three. Just write one, two, three. Three. And on the secure side, just write one. We've got one on the secure side. We've got three on the insecure side. Okay, four. Good, y'all. Y'all following? Good, great, 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 great. Okay. On the secure side, it's just secure, secure, secure. That's it. Ain't nobody else on the secure side. It's just a secure attachment style. Okay. On the insecure side, write AP. A like alpha, P like Paul, A, P, anxious, preoccupied. It's hyphenated if you care. Anxious, hyphen, preoccupied. Anxious, preoccupied. Okay, anxious, preoccupied, number one. I always like to do y'all number one because y'all can't wait to hear about, hear what's going on. Okay, so we're just gonna, I'm gonna give you what you want. We're gonna talk about y'all first today. Okay. Number one, anxious, preoccupied. Can somebody put it in the comments for the people who are just coming in? What's number one, anxious, preoccupied? Can you put it in the comments? It's hyphenated if you care. Okay. AP. Number two, dismissive, avoidant. It's hyphenated if you care. Dismissive, avoidant. DA, dismissive, avoidant. That's number two. Anxious, preoccupied, number one, because you can't wait. Number two, dismissive, avoidant, because you like to fall back a little bit. Number three, I'll, I'll raise my voice because that's so many people, okay? Number three is the fearful avoidant, F-A, fearful avoidant. We're going to talk about all of these briefly, some key indicators of all of the types, okay? So we've got the AP, anxious, preoccupied, Thank y'all in the comments. We've got the AP on the insecure side. We've got the DA on the insecure side. And you've got the FA, the fearful avoidant. Thank you, Fly Free. Fearful avoidant, FA. Let's talk about some key indicators of each type. Then we're going to talk about the triggers. Then we're going to, then we're going to talk about um, why this is a problem or what, how it got to be a problem. And I'm going to talk to you about what to do about it. Okay, that's what we're going to do tonight. But you got your paper set up. We've got insecure side. We've got secure side. We've got three on the insecure side. We've got one on the secure side. You've got the AP, anxious, preoccupied. You've got the DA, the dismissive avoidant. And you've got the FA, the fearful avoidant on the insecure side. On the secure side, you have what? Somebody put in the comments. What's the, what's the, what's the secure, what's on the secure side? And if you are able to say this stuff out loud to yourself, say it out loud. This helps you to learn it, internalize it, really understand it. Thank you. Secure, secure. Thank you, Adriana. Thank you. Secure. We've got, we've got secure on the secure side. 
whenever you are able to try to fill, like fill in the blanks on your own, like out loud to yourself, say it. It's not like we can hear you. It's for yourself. Just start saying this stuff out loud. Be interactive with it. That helps you to learn it better. Okay. So that you don't just, you're not just listening for my voice. You're hearing yours. So, okay. The anxious preoccupied type. Feel free to um, put some put in the comments what you think the anxious preoccupied type, as I'm telling you, some key indicators. The anxious preoccupied type ruminates. The anxious preoccupied type ruminates. You know what that means? It means that it, it means that the anxious preoccupied type, the AP loops. They loop. We loop. The anxious preoccupied type ruminates over past conversations ruminates about what they could have done differently, ruminates about what happened yesterday that might be affecting why I didn't get a good morning text today. Hello? Is that somebody? Is that somebody? Okay. The anxious preoccupied type ruminates. What have I done wrong? Where is my person? Where did they go? What does their absence mean? They ruminate. We loop. Okay, so you're anxious, preoccupied. I am preoccupied with the relationship. It is taking my time, my energy, my resources. Okay, yes, are we identifying? Are we identifying? Y'all saying, yes, it's me, me, me. Okay, in the comments, identify. Being able to identify yourself is, is the first step. Being able to identify what your issue is is the first step. We can't fix what we can't see. You can't tame what you won't name. Hello? We can't tame what you won't name. Okay, yes, reassessment. So I need to, I'm reassessing the environment. I'm reassessing the relationship. I don't trust. Okay, so I'm room, I don't trust myself. I'm ruminating. I don't think that things are going well. So I'm thinking about what might have went wrong. I am clingy. The anxious preoccupied type is clingy. Okay, I am preoccupied with this person. This person means a whole lot to me. They, it's not only the, it's not only them that means a whole lot, but it's what they mean to me that means a whole lot. It means, uh, longevity maybe in my mind. It's symbolizing hope. It's symbolizing a future. It's symbolizing love. Okay. So this person, it's not just clinging to a person, but it's clinging to what the person has come to mean to me or symbolize to me. Hey, hey, hey. Okay, so the anxious preoccupied type ruminates. We're teaching tonight, y'all. If you're just coming in, I'm teaching tonight. It's a very, I'm going very structured tonight. And I also have a presentation at seven, and I made it so that I have to get off with y'all because last time we were here for like three hours, and you know I'll do it if I would, if I could. But it's, today's night's not, tonight's not the night. The anxious preoccupied type seeks reassurance. Do you still love me? Do you still feel the same way about me? I know you said you still, I know you said you were interested on Monday, but it's Wednesday, 8 a.m. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering if anything has changed. Okay. So I'm seeking reassurance. Now, a health, even a healthier anxious preoccupied type that's seeking reassurance does it in a more clear way. Let me tell you what you do when you are, when, when we haven't made much progress. Okay, let me tell you what happens when you're not having made much progress. You are testing. Somebody put testing, testing in the comments. When the anxious preoccupied type is especially insecure. So remember, we said there are degrees of toxicity. There are degrees of dysfunction. Okay, thank you, Jimbo. Stay with us. 
Okay, there are degrees of dysfunction. There are degrees of toxicity. When I am on a higher degree of dysfunction and I am seeking reassurance as an anxious, preoccupied type, I am, thank you, foodie, I am testing to see if you're still interested, if you still like me, if you still love me. How might I test? I might... um I might send a text randomly in the middle of the day just to see if you'll respond. Do I matter enough for you to interrupt your day for me? Do I matter enough? Okay, I might call to see if you pick up on the first, second, third ring. And if you don't pick up, I'm like, I must not. They must not care that they must. They probably out doing something. I'm probably not that interesting. They're probably thinking about leaving me right now. They probably already left and I don't even know it. Can somebody in the comments that's willing to be honest enough say that's been me. I've been a tester. Go ahead. Come on. Okay. If you don't name it, we can't tame it. Can somebody in the comments admit that in my pursuit of reassurance, In my pursuit of the relationship, I have tested in a passive way because I didn't know how to ask if you were still interested or if you still liked me or if what you said last week is the same as this week, okay, or if the plans that we made for next month, if they're really going to happen, has anybody tested? Yeah, there we go. Good, 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 good. Okay, yes. Just What's it like, y'all? Let me just take it. Let me do something that I would do in a workshop. I want to know what is it like for you right now? Scroll up in the comments and just notice the people who have said me. It's been me. Can you just give me a feeling word of what that's like for you to hear what I've just said and then hear see other people say, it's been me. Can somebody tell me what that's like for you in this moment? What is that like to see other people say, it's been me. I've been te- I've been I've been testing. I've been testing. I've been testing. I've tested. I haven't believe. I I haven't been. I haven't had the courage to ask directly. So I have been testing. I'm not crazy. Thank you, foodie. That makes me feel like I'm not crazy. For those of you that are feeling anxious right now, okay. I want you to understand that, and Jasmine, you about to help me highlight this point. You about to help me to highlight this point. Those of you that are feeling anxious right now, I want you to notice how you missed a moment to connect. Oh, were we expecting this? I want you to notice how how in your anxiety, when you had a lot of people just say, I've done that too, and you're so focused on how dysfunctional you think you are that you missed a moment to connect with people who feel the way that you feel, who perceive things the way that you perceive, who have very similar dysfunctional and insecure behaviors. I want you to notice how you missed a moment to connect. Can anybody, can anybody tell, does anybody recognize that? That I was so concerned about my behavior that when Taylor asked, what is it like to notice the people who do what you do, you were so focused on yourself and the dysfunction in you that you missed a moment to connect with people who do what you do and who who feel how you feel. 
That's my new ad sound. Y'all like that? Let's just take a second. Let's just pick, let's just take a moment. <laughs> okay. So, of course, I'm recording this live, and I want to let you know how you can also get in on this live. So I have moved my full podcast recordings, um, the live streams and the recordings to Patreon, okay? So I'm linking that in the show notes. Patreon is $5 a month for you to join, and you can join the the podcast live. You'll also be able to watch the podcast. I have been recording them live on Instagram which worked out well, but um, I'm going to like this even more. You're going to like this even more because especially if you're watching the replays, it's going to be recorded through YouTube and it's unlisted. So you're not, so no one, like the public won't be able to see it. If you're on the Patreon, you'll be able to see the um, video through the YouTube platform, although you won't be able to search it through YouTube publicly. That makes sense for you. So what you're going to like about that and what I'm going to like about that as well, like when I'm going back and getting the reels and just rewatching things, um, is it's so much easier to control the rewind, the, the, um, where you're at in the video. It's just a, it's a better big length, full length, um, long form content platform. So I think we're all going to like Patreon more. You're going to be within a community where people have obviously invested their $5 a month to get into the work just a little bit deeper and to be more um, attuned and aligned with each other in it. So it's not just like random people on Instagram, although Instagram is great. uh, We know that it is also um, just for anybody and Patreon. uh, What I like about that is not just for anybody. So if you want to get in on that, the link is below. You'll find me. You can also search my name and you should be able to find me there. But the easiest way to do it is going to be by clicking the link. All right, y'all let's get back to the episode. Does anybody understand what I just said? I'm going to wait. Because I don't want us to miss another moment. We are, you already missed one. I don't want us to miss another one. So I'll, I'll slow down. Mm, thank you for the awareness. Let me say it for the people. Let me say it for the people on the podcast that aren't here live right now. What happened was, let's back up. What happened was I talked about testing and I said when the anxious preoccupied type is especially insecure, instead of asking for reassurance that they're seeking, they do it in a passive way. I said, what did I said, does anybody, can anybody be brave enough to say that was me? And then I said, can you look and see all the people who also do that thing? And I said, can you give me a feeling word for what that's like for you? to see other people identify as a tester, as being insecure, as being anxious, as being a reassurance seeker. And I saw some people in the comments, and it's normal, it's not like a y'all thing, this is the fun, this is anxiety, so why it's a problem, that I, I saw some people in the comments say, I feel apprehensive, I feel anxious, I feel unsettled, and I know that that was about you and not about the connection between you and other people who experience what you experience and see things the way that you see it. So instead of taking an opportunity to connect, you continue to other yourself and be like, woe is me. Understand, anxious, preoccupied types, I'm not the one to sympathize with you. Okay, I'm here to move you. We have to get you have to go somewhere else. Okay, and the woe is me isn't working for you. It's not working for you. And so that moment of misconnection, when you were so worried about yourself, you missed other people in the room. 
And so I know it happens outside of this virtual space. You miss the moment of connection because you are so worried about how bad you are. When other people are saying, it's me, it's me, it's me. And you're like, it's only me. Understand, insecurity will isolate you, will have you believing you are the only one, okay? That you the worst one, that it think this kind of stuff works for other people, but it won't work for you. I'm trying to help you to see through this moment that you at this point understand in the face of a solution, you still chose the problem. In the face of connection, which is what you want, you still chose isolation. Understand, it's not always someone doing something to you that is triggering your anxiety. We're going to talk about what's in your own mind that allows you to do it anyway. In the face of a solution, I still chose the problem. Let's move on. Let's talk about the dismissive avoidance type. Three things. You are the key indicators. Withdrawn. Distant. Seeks independence. Jimbo, you got it. Let me see. Let me just, let me read that reflection. Preoccupation of anxiety causes missing moments in connecting on this live and in relationships. Good, 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 good. You got it. You got it. You got it. My job, I'm going to, we have to expose the problem. All right. My dismissive avoidance type withdrawn. Distant, seeks independence, withdrawn, distant, seeks independence. My anxious, preoccupied types lean into their relational side. My dismissive avoidant types lean into their functional side. That'll make more sense as we go on. Y'all with me? Okay, we've got three on the insecure side. Anxious, preoccupied, we did them. Dismissive avoidant, we did them. Fearful avoidant, the fearful avoidant, the FA, our last type on the insecure side, because there are three, the fearful avoidant type, a mix of both anxious and avoidant, a mix of both anxious and avoidant, a mix, okay? So this is the question where a lot of people have where they're like, I, th- I think I'm both. I can't decide which one. You don't have to, okay? You could, that, I think that, and I think that that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people, Okay. Especially by the time that they're actually willing to do this work one-on-one or in group, I find a lot of people identify as fearful avoidant, a mix of both anxious and avoidant. So you experience and create hot and cold dynamics, push and pull. When someone is close, you feel like you want to go away. When someone goes away, you want to pull up close. You are undecided. My anxious preoccupied type, relational. My dismissive avoidant type, functional. And my fearful avoidant type, undecided, undecided. I don't know if I just want to build a business with you, make a bunch of money, not worry too much about that lovey-dovey stuff because that seems scary. But I also kind of feel like I want to have this life of romance and passion. And I just, but because the functional stuff kind of feels like it's too cold, but the warm stuff, the hot stuff kind of feels like it's too hot and it all looks risky And if I get one, I feel like I got to give up the other. And if I get the other, I feel like I gave up the other one. And when I get one, I'm missing the other. And when I'm missing you, I'm going, you, you undecided. Y'all the type, let me give you some in practical terms. Y'all the type where let's, let me get specific. Cause it's always somebody. It's always somebody on the live or listen to the replay. They're like, oh my God, I know that. Okay. Listen. So this is a type that's like, babe, babe, we've been living and separate, we've been we've been living in separate cities 
for so long. Like, I just want to, I want to move. I'm ready for us to move to the same place, okay? I'm ready for us to move to the same place. You've been the anxious type and the other person is, is avoidant. And the other person, finally, they get broken down and they're like, all right, babe, I'm going to pack myself. I'm going to be there. I'm, let's make a six-month plan. And you're like, you know what? Actually, I think I want to travel. You know what, babe? I know that we've been, I know it's been long distance for a while, but I feel like, you know, I know that we said we're going to move in together, but I feel like I want to travel. Like, I just feel like I need to find myself. I feel like I need to find myself. All of a sudden, the relationship about to go well. You're like, I feel like I want to go to school in the UK. I feel like you want me to come with you? No, I feel like that might be kind of distracting. It's a little bit much. Okay. You the type that's like, you, you know what, <sighs> babe, we've been going back and forth for like six years. Like be done. Like just lose. Let me, let me change my voice. Lose my number. Lose my, lose my number. Like don't call me. Like you can't decide that you want me. Like lose my number. And then they're like, they haven't texted you for two days. And now all of a sudden you call in their work phone. You got a Google voice number. Now you call in from all kinds of stuff. Cause you like in my block. Like I, because now that, now that you don't have access, suddenly you want access. Or when you do get access, suddenly you want to disconnect from it. Okay. I'm giving those random examples. It shows up in all kinds of ways. Okay. It shows up in all kinds of ways. Babe, we don't make, we don't do enough together. We don't have enough fun together. Like, I just feel like I want to make, we don't make enough plans. And then they're like, hey, in two weeks, like, I'm, let's do a, let's do a um, camping trip. Let's do a cabin trip. And you're like, ooh, a road trip. Like, how many hours is it? Four hours? Ah, four hours and how many days? Two nights? Oh, I know we said I wanted to spend more time, but suddenly it's feeling suffocating and suddenly it's feeling like obligation and suddenly it's feeling like there's expectations on me and that scares me. So we push and pull. We push and pull. Understand there's a difference between shaming and conviction. Notice the difference. Notice the difference between being shamed and being convicted in your spirit right now. If I'm saying something that is resonating with you, is it really shame? Is it really being, uh, is someone really shaming you? Or did I just get it right? Let's be careful with the word. Now, there's a difference between being shamed and feeling ashamed. Now, because you put shamed, that implies a behavior on my end that is shaming. So I'm going to be very specific. There is a difference between being shamed as in you are wrong and bad for who you are, which I haven't heard that in me today. I haven't heard that in me. So there is a difference between being shamed and feeling ashamed when so when we hear something about ourselves that we don't like. So let's be very, very careful. I understand. I, I, I'm just going I'm, I'm making a note because I want us to be careful with our language and to know what we're really saying, to know what we're really saying and to be able to also in in our language is accountability where we're able to say I am ashamed because there is a part of me that I have not accepted, that I have not confronted and hearing about it brings this feeling of shame on me. And that's accountability. It doesn't sound good. 
I acknowledge that. It might not sound good, but it's important. We said, right, if I don't name it, I can't tame it. Okay? All right, y'all got the fearful avoidant, mix of both the anxious and avoidant, hot, cold, push, pull. You are undecided. Let's move on. We're making pretty good time. I'm not going to lie. I feel like we're making pretty good time. Y'all doing okay? Are we following? We're about to talk about triggers. We're going to talk about why those, how those, um, why our behaviors exist out of those triggers. All right, y'all ready? Y'all are ready. And then we're going to talk about um, what you can do to solve some of these issues. Okay, triggers. Anxious triggers. Anxious pe- Anxious, preoccupied people. Here we go. Anxious, preoccupied people are triggered by everything I just said about avoidance. Okay, go back in your notes. Avoidance, withdraw, they are distant, and they seek independence. What are anxious, preoccupied people triggered by? They are triggered by those things. Anxious, preoccupied people are triggered by dismissive avoidant indication indicators. Dismissive avoidant people are triggered by anxious, preoccupied indicators. Go back to your notes. What do anxious people do? They ruminate, they're clingy, and they seek reassurance. Dismissive avoidant people are triggered by the anxious, preoccupied things. Y'all got it? Let's, well, we're going to make, it's, it's very simple. It's very simple. Now, in my attachment workshop, I talk about very specifically some really big triggers on all the sides, and I also talk about where they come from specifically in childhood. We're going to briefly go over that, but this is not the attachment workshop, and so I'm giving you an overview, and you're going to go to the attachment workshop, and you're going to learn in depth what this means for you. Anxious triggers are avoidant indicators. Avoidant triggers are anxious indicators. Anxious types are triggered by signals of distance. Avoidant types are triggered by signals of closeness. Anxious types are triggered by signals of distance. Let's pause here. What are some signs of distance that you have experienced in your own life? I'm talking about you personally. Can somebody put it in the comments? The question is, what are some signals of distance that would trigger your anxiety? What, what am I reading as someone moving away from me? There we go. Thank you, Malavan. Not answering back in hours. Good. Cool nerd. Thank you. Person not calling back in three days. Teaspoon says, not hearing from my partner for days. Do we notice the pattern? Okay. Do we already, already, already notice? Okay. Someone not being present, it taking a long time to get back to me. Communication delay. Communication delay. Uh, Elizabeth says, lack of quality time and affection. You're absent. Okay? Someone being a workaholic. Your attention is elsewhere. Your energy is being put elsewhere. Shortness in communication. There we go. Pulling up to hang out, but they stay on their phone. So do we hear the pattern, y'all? Someone not being present, right? That So that is signaling distance. You are moving away from me. You have lost interest in me. Okay, let me help you understand. Let me, let me, let me take it a level deeper that I wasn't going to do it, but I want you to understand a little bit of this. Lack, fly free says lack of communication. There we go again with the lack of communication as to 
why they can't respond or be around communication delays, ineffective communication. Um, what's the word? Um, like you getting a little bit of the story, but not, the, it feels like you're not getting, or you're really not getting a whole story, a whole picture of what's going on. It feels like something is left out. It's not the distance itself that is the problem. Understand this, hear this, put a star next to it. I need you to understand this. This is very, very important. The one I'm about to say is very important. It is not distance in and of itself that is a problem. It is the meaning I make out of the distance. It is what the distance means to me. I use the word signal on purpose, right? So so what does the distance signal to me? It is, listen to me, it is not distance in and of itself that is the trigger. It is what, that is the problem. It is what the distance means to me. It's the meaning I make out of the distance. Kind of a quick test of that in your brain is when you think of someone like maybe a grandparent or a friend from high school where it's like you haven't, you don't, where you're like, we haven't talked in six months, but when you do talk, it feels like it's totally fine. Like, you know that you don't have to talk to your grand, like a grandparent you actually like, cause I know people got all kinds of family dynamic problems. Trust me. I know it, but let me talk about a, parent, a grandparent you actually like where you haven't talked since the last holiday, but this holiday, when you see them, you're like, oh my gosh, I just know they love me. I just know when I pull up, they're going to be excited to see me. I just know when we do our quarterly zoom call with the friends from the high school that I just know we're going to be cool. So that's like a quick, like test of the brain of like, oh, I see that it's not always distance or communication delays that me- that makes something bad. It's the meaning I make out of it when I don't trust the person on the other side. Who caught it? Who caught it? Anybody understand that? This is important to, I said this is very important. This is important because if you don't understand that, you will steady try to get someone to fix the distance rather than you fixing your trust issues. Rather than you building intimacy and genuine trust between the two of you, you will be fixated on the distance and you will come off and be received as controlling because it was never about the distance. It's about the fact that I don't trust you when you go away for a bit of time or for a long time. I don't trust you're coming back. That's the problem. It is not about the distance. Now, y'all got to go to the attachment workshop to understand a little bit more about that and join reattaching. Y'all need to get into the work. Understand? I'm back. I mentioned here the attachment workshop that is also linked in the show notes. The attachment workshop is about three, three and a half hours long. Um, In 2023, all the prices of these workshops are going up. So go ahead and grab that now. Um, It's a good way to get way more in-depth into you think these podcasts are in-depth. And I always say the podcast isn't enough. The workshop, <laughs> the workshop is even more in depth. Um, so I think, you know, for those of you that want to get deeper and deeper into this, um, for deeper understanding and for more context, which is always important, uh, please go ahead and get, grab that workshop. Again, you want to get it, get it now in 2022.
Avoidance. I said avoidant triggers are avoidance are triggered by anxious indicators. Avoidant type, just like anxious types are triggered by signals of distance. Avoidant types are triggered by signals of closeness. Avoidant avoidant types are signal. Avoidant types are triggered by signals of closeness. Anxious types triggered by distance. Avoidant types triggered by you being close. It's not that the intimacy is bad in and of itself. It's what it means to me. When you're close, I feel smothered. When you're close, I fear I'm going to lose my independence. Go back to your notes. The avoided, one, some of the dismissive avoidant indicators is I seek independence. And so you being close and wanting to be a part intertwined with my life threatens that when I'm not confident that I can both have me and you at the same time. Who caught it? I said, when I am not confident that I can have me and you at the same time, I'm triggered by you coming close because it threatens my independence. I don't know how to have me and you at the same time. And I'm scared that that I would lose me if I choose you. So I got to choose me. It's not about the intimacy, the closeness itself. It's about what it means to me. Y'all catching it? Somebody say caught it. If you caught it, say caught it. Let me know that you caught it. Caught it. Excellent, 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 excellent. I love to see it. Y'all, this is why you can't seem to get the fearful avoidant, which is might be you, why you can't seem to relax. Because you're suspicious of everything. Somebody's close, you like, why do you like me? What you here to take from me? You leaving to, you, are you sure you're going to stay? Okay, and you suspicious of somebody taking distance. Are you, do you care? Do you really like me? Because you seem to kind of be into your own stuff. Like, I don't really believe that you like me because you got jobs and friends and you got calls to make and you got hobbies and passions and stuff so the fearful avoidant just can't relax because you're suspicious of everything remembering that you are a mix of the anxious and the avoidant so i'm both triggered as the fearful avoidant triggered by signals of distance i'm afraid you're gonna leave and never come back and i'm triggered by signals of closeness i'm afraid you're gonna come and stay i don't know what to do about either of those things and so the push and pull the hot and cold Okay, the fearful avoidant types orbit around people. They're willing to play, willing to play whatever role to avoid the intimacy. All right, we're going to talk about why we come to certain conclusions or meanings. Right, we said it's not about the trigger itself; it's about what I, with the meaning I make out of it. We're going to talk about why we come to certain conclusions or meanings in a minute. But first, I want you to understand this. Okay, you put a star next to it in your notes. The anxious and the avoidant type seem like opposites. But they are very similar. Okay. On surface, the anxious and the avoidant types look like they're look like arch nemesis, arch nemesis. It's plural. Okay. Arch nemesis. The anxious and the avoidant type look like you're my arch nemesis. And the other one's like, no, it's you. You're the enemy. <laughs> okay. I want you to understand that it's, they seem like opposites, but they are very similar. They're very similar in where the problem 
comes from, but very different in the expression. Put a star next to it. We are very similar in where the problem comes from, but we are very different in our expression. Go back to your notes. The dismissive avoidant withdraws, the anxious avoidant type pursues and cleans. Our problems, we're going to talk about this in a minute, There, our problems are very similar in where they come from at the root, but we have very different, let me button on my shirt, but we have very different expressions. Okay, y'all got it? Both have issues with trust, vulnerability, safety, and intimacy. Both. These are my four cornerstones of secure attachment, of attachment world. Both have issues with trust, vulnerability, safety, and intimacy. Write those four words down. Somebody put it in the comments for your friends, for your um, Instagram friends. Both have issues. So we're talking about anxious and avoidant. And if I'm talking about anxious and avoidant, I'm talking about the fearful avoidant in the mix. Okay. It's in the anxious talk and the avoidant talk. The fearful avoidant is in, is in there because it's a mix. So I don't, I don't go, let me tell you about the anxious. Let me tell you about the avoidant. Let me tell you about the fearful avoidant every single time because the fearful avoidant is in the mix. Y'all understand that? I want to be very clear because that comes up a lot. And I'm like, Maybe I just need to be much more explicit about that along the way because I think people forget that the fearful avoidant is a mix. Intimacy, terror. Okay, so trust, vulnerability, safety, and intimacy. Those are our four cornerstones of attachment world. Okay, so we said that the anxious and the avoidant type, fearful avoidance in the mix, seem like opposites in their expression, but they have similar root issues. Thank you all for helping out your Instagram friends. Both have issues with trust, vulnerability, safety, and intimacy. Both do not trust the other will love them for who they are. The anxious overcompensates relationally. Go back to your notes. Rewind the tape. The anxious type overcompensates relationally in the pursuit. The avoidant type overcompensates functionally. I will do for you, but I don't relate enough to you. Understand? Catch it? Are you catching it? Are you catching it? I don't trust that you would love me for who I am. So I will, as, as an anxious type, I will overcompensate relationally. My avoidant type will overcompensate functionally. Okay. It's no surprise then that the anxious type ends up looking weak and unable to care for his or her self. And the avoidant type appears very strong and independent, but unable to make meaningful connection. The anxious type overcompensates relationally. I give you all of me or what I know about me or what I think might appeal to you. Okay. And the avoidant type overcompensates functionally. Both have low. Listen to me. I said that the anxious type on surface appears to be the weak one, the codependent one. appears to be okay understand insecure it's not a is insecurity is insecurity it just looks different on different people but insecurity is weakness it is okay i know it's a triggering word stay with me insecurity is a weak self-concept 
Okay. It doesn't mean that you don't have the capacity to become who you're meant to be. You all are. Everyone is. If anybody is meant to be in their fullest self, in their most confident self. Okay. It's you. It's you. You, you, the, you, the main, you number one. You is you, you the star of the show. If anybody is meant to use all of their gifts and all of their purpose and max it out, I'm talking about you're going to leave nothing on earth. Don't, oh, okay. Oh, oh, I feel it. I'm talking about you going to max it. If anybody has the capacity to max out every single gift in you, if anybody can do what you what in your high what you can do in your highest capacity, it is you. Somebody say it's me. Somebody put it in the comments. I want somebody to say it's me. Somebody claim it, even if you don't believe it yet. Somebody say it's me. It's me. If anybody, y'all catching it, if anybody is able, able. I'm talking, y'all hear me talk about able and willing, right? I say you can be able and not willing. You can be willing and not able. I'm talking about you have the capacity. I'm talking about it's built in you. I'm talking about it is your, it is your, it is your design. You are designed. I'm talking about it's me, it's me. Yes, I'm talking about if anybody is able to max out your capacity here on earth it is you it's you it's me it's me it's me if anybody gonna do it it's me if anybody gonna use all these gifts that are in me it's me if anybody is gonna teach the way that I if anybody is gonna be a therapist like the way that I want to be there if anybody is gonna deliver attachment the way I can do it it's me if anybody can max out the gift of communication it's me if anybody can gather people to like-minded people together and move them in one direction it's Taylor if anybody on earth is going to max out the gifts that I got my fingers on. It's me. I get the, I'm, I'm going to take the full grip. Nothing left out. Listen, what I'm saying is about you too. If anybody, oh, if anybody can max it out, it's you. I don't even know where I'm at. The issue, y'all, understand this. The issue with, with a ta- this is why, listen, listen to this. I'm going to take a slight detour. People are like, oh my gosh, I've never heard about somebody talking about attachment theory the way that you do, Taylor. It's because I don't care about attachment theory. I don't. I'm saying it now. I've been saying it to people here and there lately. I've been saying it on my work. I said it on my last workshop. I said it in a couple sessions recently. I think I'm going to start saying it more. I don't care about attachment theory. I don't. I don't. Attachment theory is not going to save you. Oh, we taking a different, I I might have to throw the notes out. Attachment theory is not going to save you. Learning what a secure person does is not going to save you. I'm telling you, it's a connection with yourself. It is loving and embracing and putting in drive everything that you are. That's what's going, that's the ticket. It's not attachment theory. It's not the, it's not a book. It's not, it's not a lecture. It's not a workshop. What I use attachment theory for is a vehicle to facilitate the connection between you and yourself. 
ultimately it's you and God. That's a different conversation. That's a different conversation. I'm going to go ahead and seed it right there for you. Understand, I don't care about attachment theory. I care about the connection between you and yourself and then you reflecting that in the world. That's what I care about. Attachment theory is an excellent vehicle to do it. Attachment theory is an excellent vehicle to do it, and I'm very, very well-versed in it, and that's why it works so well. But people are like, why I can't, it, why, these results, like, I never heard about something. It's because I know what's going on underneath. I don't care about the labels. I do that so that we have, um, universal language so that we can be talking about the same thing in a very grounded way. Okay. But it's not about attachment theory. Did, did anybody catch that? Cause I can't really go too much deeper into it. I got, we have to move along, but so y'all understand what I'm saying. And it doesn't matter if you do or don't, cause that's literally what I'm doing. I'm just giving, I'm giving y'all a little peek behind the scenes that a lot of people just haven't heard me say before, because you think I care so much about attachment because that's what's in the Instagram bio, right? That's what's in the captions. That's not what it is. That's why it's so different over here. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I might have to edit that out the podcast because so many people are going to be confused. Both have low self-esteem, meaning that what I just went on about the about you maxing out, maxing yourself out, okay? That's me putting it in drive right there. I don't believe that I can. I don't know my capacity. I am unaware Okay, so I have low self-esteem. Anybody on the insecure side, that is insecurity. Okay, that is insecurity. Insecurity is not a label. It's an experience of yourself and how you be- what you believe about yourself and what you believe about yourself in the world around you. So we, I can only be on the insecure side if I have low self-esteem. It is the only way that I can exhibit these behaviors. Avoidant types often get away with appearing confident, okay, because they distance and they're like aloof and cool and they, they go, they lean into accomplishments and function rather than relationship, okay? I am telling you. I am telling you. Hey, rocking with you. I'm glad you're here. I am telling you, you cannot exist in these behaviors, in this dysfunction without low self-esteem. That's why I talk about confidence so much because confidence is an antidote. It's not a book. Okay. It's about what you believe about yourself, what you think and feel about yourself. Okay. It is impossible for me to be on the insecure side and be confident in who I am. It's, it don't go together. Okay, that's why I talk about confidence so much. Okay, so both have issue, both anxious and avoidant people have issues with trust, vulnerability, safety, and intimacy. Those are our four cornerstones of attachment world. Both do not trust that the other will love them for who they are. The anxious type overcompensates relationally. The avoidant type overcompensates functionally. Both have low self-esteem. It's a, it's a, it's a requirement. Both have low self-esteem. It's a requirement for insecure attachment. So both cannot relax. Both have distortions surrounding relationships. The anxious types distortion overall in general. I believe that you complete me. A relationship will complete me. That's a distortion. It's not true. It never works. The anxious type believes you complete me. So I give too much of my power away to you because I believe that if I do, it'll bring you to to me and it will bind us together. Instead, I just lose myself in favor of you. It never works out. The avoidant types distortion surrounding relationships. I believe that you can't relate to me. 
the avoidant type distortion. You complete me. The avoidant, that's it, avoidant, the anxious types distortion. You complete me. The avoidant types distortion. You can't relate to me. What's the point? of pouring it. What's the point of binding together? What's the point of intertwining? You can't relate to me. You couldn't satisfy my needs. You wouldn't care about my needs. You can't relate to me. You wouldn't care anyway. Okay. Those are distortions surrounding relationship. Even if they come from genuine experiences of someone of like, of the, of having that perception coming from a genuine experience, they are still distortions of love. That's not healthy love. I'm not saying that you didn't receive those messages. What I am saying is that's not healthy love. And so when we overgeneralize it to people, to the larger world, we pigeonhole ourselves and we create unhealthy dynamics because we project those beliefs into the world. All right, so we were, I, that was a little side sidebar detour because I was saying that the anxious and the avoidant type seem like opposites, but they're really not. They have the same root issues, but different expressions. So I just went over some things that are the same. Y'all, we're going to be out of here on time tonight. We're going to be out of here on time tonight. All right. Oh, here's the last thing. I want you to write this down if you're able. I'm giving, I'm going to give you, um, cause these are the four cornerstones of attachment. Somebody put it in the comments while we take a 30 second break. What are the four cornerstones? What are those? What were those four words? Can somebody write it in the comments for your friends that just came in? <clears throat> I can't believe I'm going to be finishing on time. This hasn't happened in a while. Thank you. Four cornerstones, y'all. Four cornerstones before I give you this next piece. I need somebody to at least try. Okay? I need you to try. Good, 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 good. Okay, thank you, Adriana. Trust, vulnerability, safety, and intimacy. So I'm going to give you a statement that includes all of these words. Thank you, y'all. That's going to help you to um, just ground it, okay? I'm just going to help you to ground it. Both, both, whether you're anxious or avoidant, understand the anxious type is more likely to readily identify with this. The avoidant type, just because they don't express this way, doesn't mean it's not true. Remember, the root issues in the anxious and the avoidant, which means the fearful avoidant too, the root issues are the same. The expression is different. The anxious type leans into relational conversation and emotions and stuff. So when we say this to anxious types, they're much more likely to be like, I get it, I get it, that's me. Where the avoidant type is much more likely to be like, oh, that feels a little uncomfortable. I don't really think that that's me. But yeah, you got all the symptoms and all your relationships look exactly the way that I described. So it's not about... You understand what I'm saying? The anxious type is just more likely to even seek this kind of work than the avoidant type. All right, I'm giving you a statement that includes those four cornerstones to help you ground it. Both anxious and avoidant types believe, I don't feel safe, or I experience the world like this is a better way to put it. I don't feel safe. Relationships feel edgy. I can't show you who I really am because you won't like who I really am. So I don't trust I can be vulnerable with you, making genuine intimacy impossible. Did you hear the four words? I don't feel safe. Relationships feel edgy. It's risky. I can't show you who I really am because you won't like 
who I really am. So I don't trust I can be vulnerable with you, making vulnerable with you, making genuine intimacy impossible. I don't feel safe. Relationships feel edgy. They're risky. I can't show you who I really am because you won't like who I really am. So I don't trust I can be vulnerable with you, making genuine intimacy impossible. Okay, quick notes on this. Anxious types often believe like I am the one that is making intimacy possible. Without me, we would have nothing. Okay, I know I know what it's like. I, I know. Well, let's not act like it's not happening. We're like, the only way that we would be able to be intimate or have a relationship or have any sort of emotional connection is because of me. I am the heart of this relationship. Without me, and we would just be living in a cold cave. All right, without me, we'd be living in a cold cave. Understand this. I'm, I'm highlighting this for anxious types because this is a common misconception of anxious preoccupied types, okay? That without you, uh, or that only with, with you, intimacy is possible, and without you, it's not possible. I am telling you that anxious types, you're, um, you overcompensating relationally is coming out of yourself, which means that you are not presenting genuinely. You are not presenting authentically. You are presenting in a way to try to get a certain response out of someone who refuses to give it to you. Anybody hearing me? Is anyone hearing me? Okay. Anxious types, common misconception is that without me, we would not have relationship. Without me, intimacy would be impossible. I am checking you right now, letting you know that when you come out of yourself in order to try to, it's manipulative. It's, it's nice manipulation because you are overly generous trying to get a certain response out of someone. But that means it's not really you. It is a version of you that you use as bait to try to get, to try to get someone who is unable or unwilling to respond to you in a way that you really want. That's not intimacy. It's manipulation. Someone had to tell you tonight, okay? Someone had to tell you tonight. Someone had to tell you tonight. You not doing it. The key is not in, the key is not in any insecure, insecure attached, insecurely attached behavior. It's not in that. It's not. It's me when I'm able to trust that who I am is enough. When I'm able to trust that you love me, you love, you just, you love me. I'm lovable. So I don't have to do all of that. I don't have to go all up out of myself to try to bait you to come close to me. That is not intimacy. It is manipulation out of fear that you're going to leave me if I do less. You're going to leave me if I stop being so generous or so loving. Even when I don't want to do it, I'm doing it because I'm afraid that you're going to leave me. That the spices, that when the spice goes, when the hot, when the fireworks stop, that you're going to leave me because I'm not enough. That's not intimacy. That's not Intimacy. Intimacy is are, are two honest people that are able to connect. It's simple. That doesn't mean that it's romantic. It doesn't mean that it's purely platonic either. It's just relationship. That is intimate relating. Two honest people able to connect, able to be there themselves. Okay? That's 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 how we are able to be intimate with each other, whether it's platonic or romantic. Y'all are catching it. Y'all are getting it. Okay, I wanted to highlight that because avoidant types often get that part of the problem. It's like 
It's your coldness that doesn't allow me. It's just like anxious type. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna be fair, right? And we we already did this at the beginning where I said emotional type, emotional being overly emotional is often attributed to anxious types. I already checked the avoidance there, right? I said no, it's avoidant to to withdraw. So let's come back to this. Let's come back. Let's do the same thing here. It's not, it's not avoidance that, that don't allow intimacy to happen. Although they are more likely to be pegged as the one that are, that is not allowing intimacy to happen. But I am showing you that anxious types also disallow for intimacy because you're not actually being honest. You're not actually being yourself. You are, here we go again. You are repressing your needs. You're acting like you're cool when you're frustrated. You're being passive aggressive because you can't be direct because you're afraid that they can't meet your needs. Okay. So let's just be, let's be clear. Let's be clear. Hey. Okay. Let me see this. I'll just show you. Okay. Y'all got it. I don't feel safe. Relationships feel risky. I can't show you who I really am because you won't like who I really am. So I don't trust I can be vulnerable with you, making genuine intimacy impossible. Mm, 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 mm. That's good. All right, y'all. I'm going to tell you about where, where, why, 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 where this kind of thing comes from, like how it's even possible to live like this. Okay. And then I'm going to share with you what you can do to um, help heal these dynamics. All right. Also, y'all remember, this is not the attachment workshop. This is an overview. We have moved through this very quickly tonight. I have an attachment workshop that's like three, three and a half hours long. It's in my bio. Okay. It's in my bio. Okay. It's like three hours of work. Y'all know a one-on-one call with me is $180. I don't know why people don't. It's like, do the attachment workshop so you get the foundation. I've been sending people away from one-on-ones. I've been canceling calls. Like, you need to just go back to the attachment workshop. It's like three hours of work. My one, 75 minutes is $180. That don't make no sense. I call myself a third base therapist. Like, it's like, I'm ready for, I'm ready to score. Okay, so when you come into a one-on-one and you're like, I don't even know what's going on. I'm like, do the workshop. I can't, I, one of my, different therapists have different strengths. Mine is not patience, like holding your hand in the foundational part of this. Okay, that's why I'm doing this podcast episode. Because I need to be able to just send it to people. Because I don't, I don't have time. I got too much going on, too many people to do stuff with. I don't have time to be going over this with everybody. All right, y'all. So um, do the attachment workshop. You're going to get some more in-depth stuff. Let's talk about where this comes from. It's childhood, okay? Understand this. Attachment is like a tree. The, the fruit that comes off of the tree is your anxiety, your anxious behaviors, and is your avoidant behaviors. That's the fruit that comes off the tree. A lot of people and a lot of therapists spend a lot of time just gathering the fruit, talking about the fruit, talking about what you did last weekend, talking about who you called yesterday, talking about what you're going to do tomorrow. It's really only, it's a, that's a, like, it's almost, it's like clearly frustrates me because you got to get to the root. The root is in your childhood experiences and the beliefs that came out of those experiences, especially with your parents. Even if a parent was absent, the absence means something. This is a void. Voids have energy. I talked about black holes one time. I went on about black holes. Black holes in the universe, right, in the solar system, whatever. I guess we don't have one in the solar system. I'm not an astronomer, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Black holes aren't just 
out there. They're they're sucking energy. It's it's very energetic, right? Things disappear. Voids matter. It matters if someone wasn't there. Sometimes a lot of people have the misconception, and I understand, right? That it's like, well, my mom wasn't there, so how could she possibly have affected me? Exactly like that. Exa- that's how. Because she wasn't there. Because he wasn't there. Okay? That's the point. Okay? And when you do the attachment workshop, it's going to really help you to understand that. When you do the healing healing childhood workshop, it's going to help you to understand that more. But right now, we can't do all of that, right? This isn't a workshop. This is information. You're going to do transformation outside of here. This is information. But I want to be very clear that a void matters. It matters a lot. Absence is powerful. It's not nothing. It's not a net zero. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. We can have emotional absence and we can have um, physical absence, okay? We're talking about deportation, incarceration. We're talking about invalidation. That's a relational, emotional absence. We're talking about rejection. We're talking about addiction, okay? Addiction where someone might be in and out the house, in and out of jail, in and out mentally. We're talking about mental health illness, like bipolar disorder, major depressive disorder, schizophrenia, where someone can be physically in front of you, but they are mentally and emotionally gone. Absences matter, Absences matter. Voids are powerful. It's not nothing. It's a big deal. Somebody say it's a big deal. I need you to understand this. I need. I deeply need you to understand this because we got a lot of people w- with divorce. We got a lot of people with incarceration. We got a lot of addiction. People aren't talking about it. We got a lot of people with addiction. Families and addiction. Families are in addiction, not just one person in the family. The family is in addiction when someone is actively using. Okay. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. When someone is on when someone is has bipolar disorder and sometimes they're manic and you don't know when the next depressive disorder starts and when they, and when they do hit the depression they're not feeding you. It's a big deal even when they're in the house. So a lot of this stuff comes from childhood. The Healing Childhood Workshop is going to help you to work through this. It's the most interactive workshop I have, so you're going to go through a lot of journaling prompts. It's really helpful, okay? That's also in my bio. It's also the least expensive workshop that I have. And by the way, y'all, I promise you all the prices are going up in 2023. So if you don't do the workshops now, you'll just be paying for them more in 2023. This is, we need to, we need people to get healthy. Okay. But you're also not just going to do it for free. Okay. You're not just going to keep scraps off the internet and on these lives and you're scrambling with notes and you really can't make it cohesive because you haven't gotten in depth. Y'all understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to lay it out for you in a way that's going to actually get you a change. This, these lives are information being transmitted. This is not transformation in the lives. Okay. This is transmitting information. We need to do some work to do a transformation. You understand? Do not be satisfied with just a glossary. Don't be satisfied with a glossary, please. Some people got a, a dictionary for childhood trauma and still trigger when you don't get a good morning text. Be dissatisfied. Be irritated. Be frustrated with yourself enough to do something. So a lot of stuff comes from childhood stuff. Um, for example, childhood beliefs. I'm going to give you three. I am not worthy of attention. You have better things to do. That's the, the parent who was always working, the um, the addict that was always out the house and took the money that was supposed to be there for Christmas and used it to go buy heroin. Okay, I'm not worthy of attention. You have better things to do. The mother who didn't get her rocks off when she was in her 20s, and so now she's in her 40s, dating eight dudes a month, 
screen. I'm in and out the house. I am not worthy of attention. You have better things to do. The father who wasn't there and not present, not doing the fatherly duties, but is very successful at work and only comes around once every five years. I'm not worthy of your attention. You have better things to do. Understand these are beliefs that come out of real experiences that you've had. Okay. Here's another one. My feelings are irritants. They make things worse for the parent who um, was so emotionally it was so emotionally deficit that when you cried, they said, you can't put it away. Go to your room. I'll give you something to cry about that represses because your emotions irritated them. And you walk away with the belief that my emotions are irritating and they make things worse. My emotions actually make people go away. They make people like me less. So instead of getting the message that emotions create intimacy and safety and trust, I actually walk away with the message that my emotions create distance and dysfunction in the home of the culture that is in the house. That dis that y'all hear what I'm saying? That creates a dysfunction of in the culture of the house, not in the larger world, not in the world of secure attachment, but it's but it disrupts the culture of your house, okay, of the home, and so you walk away with that belief. My emotions are, my feelings are irritants. They make things worse, and so it can be very hard to believe. That if I open up, which is what I'm always asking you to do, please be open. Please trust yourself. Please, let's grow to be vulnerable. Please, let's connect. It can be very hard to trust that something good might be on the other side of that because the culture of my house said that it actually makes things worse and I am sent away, not asked to come close. So sometimes, y'all, sometimes you got to change the, we can't, we can't do this now. We can't do this now. I have to go soon. But sometimes you got to change the environment. A lot of people, especially with stuff like this, you have to change the environment. It doesn't mean go home. I mean, it doesn't mean never go home. But what it does mean is that you're going to have to get in some spaces and around some faces that respond to you in a healthy and secure way so that you can restructure your beliefs. Go to Healing Childhood, do the workshop. Go to um, go to the attachment workshop. Okay, because I want you to understand sometimes the the family does not have to change for you to change for you to have a different experience, but you will have the same experience over and over again if you refuse if you if you are set on changing a system that will not change in your house and are too afraid to take the risk to be around some spaces and faces where you can actually get the kind of experience that you want that's why these workshops have been so successful it's not just the information that I'm giving it's not just what we're doing in the workshop it's that people I'm telling you read the reviews it's that people are going in these spaces and around these spaces and they're like oh my gosh you connect like me and I put people in breakouts, the people that are brave enough to actually be on video and they want to be in a breakout and they come back and say, oh, my God, I've never heard someone reflect to me in the way that this person did. And that person's in Australia and you in New York City. Here's another one. Last one on the childhood beliefs. And this is not an exhaustive list. How about this? You don't like who I am. You're o- you only like what I can do for you. I'm going to read all of these again. I am not worthy of attention. You have better things to do. My feelings are irritants. They make things worse. You don't like who I am. You only like what I can do for you. Understand, this is what people experience in adulthood. And a lot of people are just concerned with the fruit. But what you're going to do with me is you're going to say, I'm going to take care of the fruit for good because we're going to get to the root. 
I'm going to take care of the fruit when I get to the root. I'm going to stop thinking about uh, who am I attracting and start and go back to where did the attraction come from? The root. Okay. You don't like who I am. You only like what I can do for you. It's easy to imagine that in adulthood. I'm going to give you the childhood perspective. Okay. You only applaud me when I get a trophy. Okay. We, you only celebrate me when I bring home the A. It's not about who I am. It's about what I've done. All right, y'all. So here's what you can do. You can go to therapy. Okay. I want you to be in therapy. I want you to understand. I want you to be with someone who's qualified and able to help you to get to the root. You are going to be accountable for this problem. You are going to, you are going to take, you are, you are going to take 100% responsibility for the tree that is growing in your garden. It's your tree. I don't care who did what and when they did it. It's still your tree. You've got to go away from blame. It's not about letting anybody off the hook. It's not about taking responsibility for stuff that really wasn't yours, but it's your tree. The seeds were planted in your garden. It doesn't mean it's not an excuse. But what it does mean is the blame of who planted this seed. You just running around looking for who planted it. But we got weeds and trees and fruit and rotten fruit and all kinds of stuff all over the place. Stop wasting your time. Okay. The blame is not helpful. It puts you in a real bad energy. That's a different conversation. So you're going to instead take an empowered position. Can someone say I am? Can someone say I am? Can someone say I am? I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I understand people did what they did. I understand I need to process through that in therapy. I understand it is important for me to say it out loud and have it witnessed, okay? But I am going to take full accountability and responsibility for the tree that is growing in my garden. I know I didn't plant these seeds. I know it. I know someone came up in this garden and sprinkled a bunch of stuff that has produced bad fruit, but I am not going to keep running around this thing trying to get somebody to say that they did it. Instead, I'm going to say it's mine. The tree is in my garden. It's messing up my life. You don't even, this other person hardly even acknowledges that it happened. They like, I don't see it. And you like, so we have, so cut cut it out. We got to give it up. Healing childhood is going to help you with that. You understand? Yes, thank you. I'm going to take full responsibility for my garden. I know I didn't plant the seeds, but at this point, I'm going to go here. At this point, I'm watering them. At this point, I'm watering them. Go back, replay it. When I said, when somebody missed the moment, y'all remember that? I'm not going to repeat it, but if you were here, you were here, right? At this point, someone isn't, my, my mother and my father, for the most part, still not planting seeds. I'm nurturing them, though, by blaming and saying, who did this? Rather than, I need to get this thing up out of here. I don't care if you ever acknowledge it. I don't care if you ever validate my feelings. I got to get this thing up out of me. Your validation. Your validation. Somebody been denying what they've done or didn't do for the last 36 years of your life. And you still looking for it. I'm watering the seed. Throw it out. You got to get this thing up out of you. I don't care if they ever acknowledge it. I don't care if you ever speak to them again. You got to get this thing up out of you. Nobody, nobody has the key to your future and your healing but you. So stop acting like somebody got to come and let you up out of jail, of emotional jail. Okay? As if you got to wait for somebody to come and say, well, I did do that and I'm sorry and I'm, and they got to unlock the door to your life. 
Stop it. Okay? It's not helpful. So you're going to take full accountability. You're going to go to therapy. You're going to do accountability. You're going to do the workshop, right? You're going to do healing childhood. And here's the last thing, y'all, then we're going to go. Um, oh, my God. An uh, hour, 27 minutes. Can somebody say Taylor did it? <laughs> Didn't we say this is the first time in a long time that we're going to get it out of here on time? Taylor did it. Taylor did that. Okay? Last thing, y'all, you're going to work. Oh, you're going to work these issues out through yourself, not through another person. You are not, you do not need to be in a relationship to be like, well, I need to be triggered in order to figure out how to handle my trigger. If y'all don't cut this mess out, messing up other people, you don't even got a handle on your own stuff and you trying to work it through another human being. Stop it. Enough, 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 enough. You are going to go to therapy. You're going to take accountability for your garden, okay? You're going to stop wondering who planted this seed and are you going to say anything, okay? And you're going to work this out through yourself, not through another person. You don't need to be in a romantic or platonic relationship of any type in order to solve these issues, okay? You don't. It's just, an, it's just another, uh, it, it's just codependency, but sounds better. I'm just trying to heal and I'm trying to, I need to get triggered to de-trigger. It just, it's codependency. It just sounds better. Nobody is the key to your healing. Okay. If anybody is supposed to max this thing, max this thing out, it's you or it's on you. It's on you. Okay. If anybody, you got every single thing you need, you don't need to siphon some energy from somebody else. Okay, a guide is different. A coach is different. A therapist is different. But I don't need to siphon energy out of a relationship to solve my problem. Remember, it's not a relationship problem. It's a me problem that I brought into the relationship. It's a me problem that co-creates these dynamics that I'm trying to resolve. This has been an excellent live, y'all. It has been an hour, 29 minutes. I am incredibly proud of myself. I'm incredibly proud of myself. This was really, really good. I feel really great about it. Um, I can't answer any questions, <laughs> okay? I have to go have a presentation at 7 o'clock. All right, y'all, that is our show. Welcome back to Boundaries and Grace. I'm so excited for season eight. Thanks for being here. If you got something out of this episode, take two minutes and hit the stars at least, okay? Go ahead and hit those stars, 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 stars. That's all five of them. Yep going to hit those stars and if you have three minutes could you hit the stars and leave a review i really appreciate it it is so helpful for those of you that are like oh my gosh i want the world to be better this kind of thing this small thing helps that right like to keep the ratings up to help the people in there that are reading reviews to know what they're going to get out of it to know that it's helping you and how it's helping you helps to make the world better okay so do your part hit your stars Write your sentence or two review if you have that extra moment. And I will see you back for episode two. Y'all have a good day.